0: Hey, it's Parker. So a little bit of housekeeping before we get into this episode. Basically, these episodes are from our Money Lap lives. We did five of them in this offseason. They were absolutely awesome. Thank you to everyone that watched or even listened to those massively long episodes, three plus hours each. But if you didn't get to listen to them, we've basically pulled some of the most awesome interviews and guests that we had on those episodes. We had, I think, what is it, close to 20 guests or something? Maybe more. I didn't do the math before this helped me out there. Uh, but some of them were just really compelling, had great stuff to say. So we basically pulled those out and made them into their own episodes, which you'll have here, whichever one you're listening to. Also, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube because we have tons of original content coming out on there. That's not just the podcast over these next couple of weeks. Basically, it centers around the coolest stuff in motorsports. With that, I have a bit of news. Nobody has heard this. We've never put we have not put this out publicly, but starting the second week of January, we are coming back. New episodes of the Money Lap podcast myself, Lynn and the gang talking the coolest stuff in motorsports. And with that Over 40,000 of you have listened to this podcast in 2023. We just started this back in May. And I know that's a lot because I'm pretty sure our moms could not press play that many times. So we very much appreciate it. Thank you all for supporting us in this journey. We are looking very much forward to 2024. We've got big plans. We're just getting started. Enjoy the episode. But our next guest, Landon, he went to high school in North Carolina. He raced in what's now called the Arca Series, and he was on the path to NASCAR before he took a slight turn to Australia, where he most recently defeated the king of the land down under and everyone's favorite acronym race car driver, SVG, also known as Shane Van Gisbergen. It's the 2023 Supercars champion, Brody Kostecki here on the Money Lap Live. Welcome, my man. Congratulations. What an incredible championship. That has to feel good.
1: Yeah, it's been a pretty good year for myself. And, uh, g'day, guys. It's pretty early in the morning here. So, uh, to the top of the yeah. morning, to years.
2: Yeah. Thanks so for I didn't joining. know where I, you were. I'm-
0: yeah. I didn't know you were going to be over there. I thought there was a chance you were over here in America for this. So you, you got up early. We really appreciate that. Or, or, or up late, I guess should say.
1: One of the two. Yeah, no, it's it's uh yeah, it's five a.m. here now, so it's actually not too bad. Like nah. I I get up at six, so it's yeah, it's you know not that
2: bad.
0: The, so my what's funny is tense I, for that
2: time. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be completely honest. I you know I thought I knew a little bit about you, and I knew you know I knew what you've been up to. I knew your success of the season, where you came from, the spot, the the your appearance in NASCAR. But gosh, by listening to your background and Parker um, doing an incredible job introducing you, I was not sure if you were going to have an Australian accent or, uh, or, you know, a regular American English accent. Uh, to be honest, it actually, like a-
1: <laughs> it's, it actually switches. So when I was, um, when I come over uh, this year to race at Indianapolis um, for my one off cup race, I was in, uh, you know, North Carolina again for, I think two, two and a half weeks and, you know, leading up to the event, Um, You know, working closely with everyone at RCR and everyone at the Chevrolet Tech Center and uh, my accent really came back pretty quick, which was um, surprising. And I had some of my, um, you know, some of my colleagues from Australia um, that I work closely with um, at Erebus, my, uh, you know, crew chief or engineer, uh, as we call it down here. Uh, George Cummins and um, he was shocked like in three days he's like oh you've could you know you've completely converted it's pretty funny Um, in the space of three days so yeah it (laughs) was uh, yeah I guess that was pretty funny. When you when you go to welcome North Carolina, it's it's almost a
0: given that you're going to adopt some sort of accent in that place.
1: Having spent a fair amount of time
0: I, up there,
1: yeah, I, um, I lived in California a year first, and I didn't really have to. But when I moved to North Carolina, it was just easier to start to start learning the lingo. Definitely, I want to. I, I think there's a lot to unpack with you, and
0: especially for a lot of our listeners and viewers, in that you did have that background of coming over here to America and then back to australia to be in the supercars but really just the last three years you you finished ninth in the championship a couple of years ago you then finished seventh and this year the championship i mean that a that's a pretty fast a from you know being in the top 10 to being the dominant and champion that you were this year um you know what what do you what what made that happen what precipitated that what has changed for you over these years and and you know what have you felt like led to you being able to get this championship and and find that performance
1: yeah it's sort of a pretty um I guess you know when you look at back at our uh last stats, even the team that I'm driving for um Erebus we sort of um we had some really good results throughout the year but we never really that kind of you know the consistent team that was always you know in the top three I guess you know front-running team but um much like NASCAR, we had a, you know, a massive restructure in you know, within our series and we got new cars. Um, and to be honest, um, that, that really helped our team out a lot. Uh, you know, the development costs are all, are all gone. Everyone gets the same equipment, um, you know, under them and it's up to the driver and I guess their crew chief to, you know, bring out the maximum, you know, potential in that car. And, you know, I suppose our racing down here is a bit different than the racing in America. Um, you know we go to you know obviously all road courses so and and um yeah i guess we were just able to you know maximize the um you know the car that was below us and and um you know we had a really good gear no mistakes just really consistent uh no you know no DNFs, and you know i think uh, i won the uh pole award for the year so you know you know qualified the best all year and and um yeah that sort of really just kicked off our season which was awesome
2: I want to talk a little bit about the difference in, in racing between um, supercars and what you've experienced in NASCAR. And obviously, you know, hearing from SVG, I'm sure you've talked to him uh, plenty about his experience. Um, And even one kind of specific question about your thoughts on him winning in Chicago and, and your perception of that. Cause you, you know, obviously you watched him win and then you made your start and, And so there's, I want to hear about all those experiences, but I'm also curious if you think, you know, what, what is really, what was going on there? Did he catch us all off guard being, you know, such a new event and NASCAR really never being on a street circuit before. And, um, that sort of being your guys' bread and butter, like what's your, what's your analysis of that? Yeah, to be honest, you know, um, when I heard that Chicago
1: was going to be um, on the NASCAR schedule was, you know, the first ever street circuit that NASCAR was going to, and you know, then obviously Shane announcing that he was going over, um, you know, I was actually really eager to see how how it all sort of played out. I knew that he was going to probably um, reach some sort of you know success, that being in the top five or the top three, but you know, these circuits, street circuits, we race at them, you know, four or five. Times a year and and to be honest it's it's a road course but it's it's honestly nothing like a road course in in the sense of you mm-hmm. know you go to a road course you can um you know you can learn all your braking markers and there's there's really minimal risk of you know riding the car off and not being able to compete for the rest of the weekend so you know you're uh, i guess your um you know preparation and and you know your practice time is you know vital to you know, getting up to speed quick. And, you know, that's something that we have probably very good experience with, you know, racing so many street circuits, um, down here. So I think, you know, watching him, you know, I watched every single session that he was in and just watching him get up to speed. It was, it was pretty cool to see, you know, the differences and, and, um, but, uh, I don't think, um, you'll have it that easy, uh, uh, you
2: know, <laughs> next year.
0: Actually, just to continue on differences
2: in racing style there. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Parker uh well just i wanted to
0: to kind of go down that path of the street courses um in that you mentioned your guys experience i've been watching v8 supercars and what's now supercars uh since 2005 2006 it's my favorite racing in the whole world so you've you've lived a dream of mine by the way getting to do both but the the <laughs> the thing i always found fascinating is what you mentioned which is the risk quotient that you have at a street course versus a road course and that you guys often didn't have backup cars and i can remember jamie wincup wrecking at in practice one week and not being able to race in the actual race as he's going into win he's he's tear of championships right over here there's the backup car but one of the things i found amazing was when i watched supercars and what you drive what you guys do it's you are, you know there was years of touching the mirror on the wall right and knocking and that meant okay now i'm close enough and you know you guys just have such a precision ability on those street courses is there something driving wise you mentioned like the risk cushion. Is there something you feel like, hey, when we go to those places, what I've learned now being a champion of supercars is that we do this really well? We do, you know, this is what we focus on a street course versus a road course that allows us to be so precisioned and to take, you know, get to that 100% of risk without overstepping it.
1: Yeah you know i think so it's um you know we just raced at adelaide on the weekend for our season finale which is a street circuit and you know we had uh you know three three practice sessions um you know 45 minutes each and um you know then two qualifying sessions for both races and then a top 10 shootout for both um so honestly we we get a lot of track time at those venues and so that you know allows us to you know i guess test the limits and you know build up our confidence for those tracks but i think you know when they went to you know, Chicago, it was you know, the weather played a lot of you know, a lot into it and, you know, obviously the it was actually pretty short, pretty short track time for the drivers to actually learn the track and actually put rubber down as well, which is a big thing. You know, when we go to um our street circuits, the track will evolve, you know, a second and a half, two seconds, um, you know, just with rubber, but You know to be honest most of the drivers that go to these tracks now we're within two tenths of what we can do um on our first five laps it's just you just have to you just have to get up to speed Mm. to be competitive and and you know to get on the um you know front side of you know being able to tune the car and whatnot so that's what's you know pretty cool about i guess you know what we do down here is just everyone's you know just i guess evolved and you know gotten really confident at these tracks and it's um yeah everyone's pushing each other so let's talk about this season uh
0: you obviously were the champion and it was a very competitive season it was the gen 3 car you guys have you mentioned it sort of similar to what we've gone to in nascar the next gen car um but i i think some of the races i watched this year were so close and you guys are just you know have some amazing finishes what are some moments this year that just stuck out to you as you as you rumbled towards this championship that you're like yep we're gonna get this thing done and we've got we've got the speed and we're gonna continue to show this all the way to the end of the season to get this championship?
1: yeah i think you know we have a preseason test that um that you know we have teams that are based in queensland which is uh two two states above where my team's from uh you know which is in melbourne and we have a preseason test and you know we went to our test for our state and um you know we rolled the cars out and i felt you know pretty comfortable straight away and and um you know it's hard to tell you know at a test if you know what tires that people are on and whatnot but i just you know sort of felt pretty comfortable straight away and we'll you know talking to the team and i said oh you know if if it goes like today i think we'll have a pretty good year and then we went to the first <laughs> the first track which was newcastle and uh it's, yeah it's just street circuit of course because it's supercars and um i you know <laughs> we we you know we put it on pole for the first ever um you know qualifying session for gen 3 and then it was like oh it's like actually pretty real like we're you know really good and um race didn't quite go to plan i think we finished that, that race but um yeah, it was like i guess that first that first qualifying session for the year where we we're able to stick it on pole that really sort of you know solidified in me that you know that we could do it if we just you know i guess um you know if we just executed for the whole year which we we're able to do which was you know really cool
2: so going back to the the idea of the the difference in styles between you know supercars and and your experience in nascar what what's your assessment of that i mean obviously supercars are still some sort of conduct regulations and uh, we saw in the championship race a, a penalty um you know in nascar we don't necessarily have that type of a penalty it's a little bit different so what's your uh, what, what was your give me give me your experience there yeah so
1: i i you know grew up in i guess north carolina and race you know light models and race to hickory and you know i guess you know race the arca series now a bit and you know so when i come back to supercars you know the the racing rules are a lot different uh here in australia like we're not allowed to to move someone out the way we're not allowed to do any front to rear bumper contact at all and if you do that it's it's generally a five or a ten second penalty uh post race or you have to serve it in a pit stop so um but to be honest the racing down here is pretty is pretty hard regardless i mean um it seems like uh doors are open so um you're, you're you're happy to door anyone or um you know stick it up the inside and you're allowed to rub um you know side to side is you know not a problem but um you know but the nascar guys um you know they you know their rules are a lot more open but it's built on respect so and you know they race 36 times a year so if you wreck someone one week you're probably going to get wrecked next week so um, the racing's kind of <laughs> similar in that aspect. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, we're bound by rules, but you know, NASCAR, you know, the, the, those guys are bound by respect. So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of similar in a way the racing.
2: Well, what do you think is the right way?
1: I think, um, the right way is probably, uh, is, is probably the way that you guys do it. To be honest, I think. Um, Hmm. you know, rules are great and all, and, you know, but it's the end of the day, it's about the show that gets put on for, I guess, the people that watch it at home and, you know, that go to the race. And there's been times this year that the races could have been better in our sport. Um, if you're allowed, you know, a little bit of front to rear, if, um, you know, we're like, I, I can block quite heavily and the guy behind me can't do much about it. So, um, you know, as long as I stay within the rules of, you know, blocking, it's pretty hard for the guy behind to do something about it, which was, um, you know, Shane, Shane, one of those races, but, um yeah that's what's different you know with you guys is you've seen some of those best finishes um you know some of the highlight reels or some of the races um in nascar have been
2: you know you know some bump and runs and and you know vice versa mm-hmm. well One you know things- in regardless of the series with the rules or without the rules it's it, it, it's funny how um how much you know moving people and wrecking you know it, it's it's exciting it's part of the racing it happens um But boy, does it look good when there's just a good, clean, hard race for the win, right? Like we that's what we truly as fans and as racers, we truly applaud that more than a wreck for the win is just seeing a good, clean, hard uh, race for the win.
1: Yeah,
0: you're seeing it on the screen right now, by the way, you you guys, you had one this year.
1: (laughs) That was a pretty clean race. Yeah. So this was, uh, but obviously, like, you can, you can see me and I'm just like literally the white lining everywhere. And, you know, at the <laughs> time it's just like, like, I, I know that, you know, he can't actually bump me or, you know, move me wide anywhere. And I did this for like three or four laps, but if I was to do this, you know, obviously in America, I'd probably end up in the sand trap. That's, you know, right ahead of me, you know, straight ahead. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I suppose, I suppose, like you said, you know, it's, um, You know, you can you can change every scenario, you know, if if the rules were different. So, you know, I guess it's hard. We have had some really good races this year, um you know, which has been really cool. So, but uh, you know, like as you can see here, he's just hitting me, but he can't pass me, otherwise he gets a penalty. But right now he's just trying to literally heat my rear tires up so he can get by me three corners later, uh, because my rear tires are melted. So I guess there is, you know, that aspect as well. It's it's you know, a bit more tactical and
2: and uh yeah, it's uh yeah, you can't really wreck someone for the win so he can as, he can make wow. contact but he just can't pass you be, from the contact yeah
1: yep that's correct so yeah you'll even see okay. here like i'll try prop him here and and uh he'll be into my rear bar here just while i'm on the throttle and uh yeah just heating up my rear tires so yeah as long as he doesn't pass me you know directly after contact it can be two corners later it's fine so like even here again it's just hard into it heating up the rears so <laughs> 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 for those listening who did not see the video this is epic you got to check it out on our
0: youtube you describing this finish what, what, what track was this again i can't remember the name so this is
1: at perth uh perth right. and yeah so this yeah. is actually where i was born so this is my my hometown event hence why i'm white lining everywhere trying to win but <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome so i want to i want to talk a little about the oh
0: wow you guys got into each other here as we're watching this video it's pretty awesome but the this gen three car compared to the next gen car you've actually driven both what's amazing to me when i watch your guys races is how close you can follow each other and you're not as what it seems to be as aero affected there does seem to be some tire fall off you are able to just you know i see supercars races that end up with five cars in almost a line in a battle pack now look at the nascar cup series right now with this next gen car that doesn't happen on the road courses what you know these two cars were are similar in a lot of ways. There was a lot of discussion that you know the next gen car was almost designed in intention to be like what you guys have in supercars, but we have not gotten the same result. Your your cars also look even softer in their suspension and and how they move around, more dynamic. So now that you've you know you've been a part of both, what what is the big differences here, and you know how do you have a suggestion of how the NASCAR next gen car could be more like the Gen three car at road courses?
1: Yeah, to be honest, that's a that's a pretty hard one. But you know, I think for us, you know, our category did. You know, we we were trying to reduce the arrow to be able to follow, and you know, we have had some like awesome racing this year at a lot of tracks where we haven't been able to pass before. You know, thanks to taking a lot of the arrow off, and and you know, the racing has been really good. We've had a few little dramas, you know, with the brakes. You know, we're following you know someone for ten plus laps, and you know, the brakes fading um you know you know just mm. just from getting hot you know from the car bef- behind but honestly it's pretty hard to fix that issue um you know when i raced at indy um you know to be honest it wasn't that bad when i was following someone but um yeah the brakes was the biggest thing that i noticed and it's you know we run the same size wheel um as an nascar cup car does and the brakes are actually very similar um you know if not the same um you know from a supercar or a cup car and you know the cup car i think is like four or five hundred pounds heavier than a um you know than a supercar so trying to add all that into it and then you know the road course factor of you know braking everywhere It, you know those things just compound on each other and it's honestly i don't know it's hard to build a car that's going to be good for ovals and then you know could you know go to a road course and then be you know good at a road course as well being you know sort of that heavy so yeah, I'm not really too sure what the answer would be, but um, yeah, like I, when I drove, I guess the cup car was, um, you know, it was a lot stiffer, um, and you know, uh, you, you know, it was a lot stiffer than I actually and you know anticipated it was going to be, which was you know something that really surprised me. Hmm.
0: And you know, one of the things that they have been looking at and they're doing right now is they're testing just removing and removing downforce from this car, and it has an it underbody arrow you know you mentioned the same wheel i thought that the supercar actually had a smaller tire though
1: is that incorrect yeah so it's got a smaller uh, width tire but i think diameter is okay. pretty similar um to the cup car got here. it and that's so, and that to me you know when i
0: watch your races the supercars it just looks like such a dynamic car it's moving around you mentioned it you know this, this cup car was stiffer and it i guess some of it might be just even that smaller Skinnier tire that's allowing you guys to have you the car wiggles a little bit more you just don't see that out of a cup car right now it's a very static rigid car um that seems you know and i just i i look i watch your racing and i'm like wait a second that's the template just just make it do that <laughs> and i feel like as a driver like you it would be a more enjoyable driving experience in having it more like a supercar on a road course
1: yeah like I, I would say so to so i haven't had a i haven't driven enough of the cup car you know different i guess tracks like i drove it indian and, and um you know i i did have to start from the back and come through but um i didn't really get like i guess I, I actually followed William byron for about 20 or so plus laps and we were pretty much in line and um you know i guess in my category down here we're sort of Uh, you know, when we get behind someone and and if we have to follow someone through, we never follow directly behind someone. We always give a bit of a gap to try to keep everything cool and, and, um, you know, not overheat the tires. So I, I didn't really, um, you know, experience too much of, um, I guess the dirty air aspect um, to be honest, but, um, yeah, the only thing I really did notice was the brakes was, you know, it was a big thing that I noticed um, at the road courses. When you're behind someone, you get uh, what we call down here is goes pedal uh, where the brakes just don't really do anything. <laughs> I want Landon, I think it's just one more thing on that and braking.
0: So when Shane came over here and I, this is, I, I wanted to go down this path of you because I just find this so fascinating. And Landon and I love talking about driving. So obviously we're two drivers. We like to talk about the process as, as you as a driver, but one of the most fascinating things that Shane, uh, Showed the world over here that that we've known for a while from watching supercars that he said we had a foot fetish in the USA. Basically, was the idea that there's (laughs) right foot braking, and that I I think you know he did. It wasn't fair to say that because when you look at racing over in America and Europe for the last better part of twenty years, it has all shifted to left foot braking. That has just become what the norm is. But for whatever reason, because of the differential and the design of your cars, are there right foot braking stayed prevalent. You mentioned braking. You mentioned brakes. Are you a right foot breaker? Did you do that in the in in NASCAR? Do we have a foot fetish over here? I don't know. No, I'm just saying. I'm kidding, but no, really. I'm really <laughs> curious. You know how that, what your style is from where you started over here in the ARCA series to then going back to supercars and then driving the Cup car.
1: Yeah. So every single driver uh, in the supercars category down here, they all write foot brake, and um, it's mainly it's mainly to do with how our car is sort of. You know how it behaves when you first brake and and um, whatnot. It's uh, very you know very pitch sensitive and whatnot. So um, you know that's that's why everyone right foot brakes down here and, and um, you you pretty much have to do it to be fast. And you know when we go to so many street circuits and the tracks are very bumpy under brakes. So you know a lot of the drivers, um, you know including Shane myself, we you know actually use the clutch under brakes to you know help rear locking um, at times, even when it's raining, um, you know and whatnot. And when I raced in America, you know, on the ovals and whatnot, I, you know, I was left foot braking, um, and I was racing light models and, and, um, ARCA and whatnot. But you know, when I come back to Australia, just, you know, you have, you, you just have to right foot brake to be fast. I,
2: I think the key to it there is, is the clutch pedal. And that's, I think that's why lo- right foot braking, I, outside of the use of the clutch pedal, the right foot braking does help with drivers with kind of just differentiating the pedal they're using in that little bit of period, whether you're rolling or or not, you know, rushing to throttle. But even that, I think can be trained with the left foot braking because I'm a left foot breaker. and so you know I can I train myself to not rush the throttle or whatever. But um so I you know, I do think on oval racing and tracks where that you know shifting is not or or threshold braking is not a factor. i I do think the left foot braking is better. But for road course racing, threshold braking, by left foot braking and in, in taking the clutch out of play, you're just, you're just giving up a tool. And and I think that NASCAR drivers, if I had to make a, a guess on what I think happened over the last couple of decades is we, we don't run a lot of road courses. We didn't, for decades, we only ran two road courses a year, right? We had road course ringers for a while come in And they were competitive, right? Remember Ron Fellows and Boris said for years they would come in and they were very competitive with their style of driving. Uh, But as NASCAR became more and more full-time drivers, less road course ringers, I think our, you know, native drivers like Jeff Gordon were, you know... um, We're getting these road courses figured out. We went to the same one, the same two tracks every year. So our native drivers got pretty darn good at those tracks. Our transmissions improved. So, you know, you could shift without the clutch now. Um, I think that we got lazy and just didn't train right foot braking because we didn't need to because our competition, none of our competition was right foot braking anymore. Right. We didn't have ringers come in and and i think we just got to the point where there's probably speed out there that we weren't looking for because we only raced twice a year and the cars were catered to us um and i think svg was probably a big wake-up call to that um in chicago because i think the right way to threshold break a car is to use all the tools at your disposal which is includes the clutch
1: Yeah, I would say I wouldn't say lazy, but I would probably say, you know, like I raced, um, you know, I guess the Arca series, I raced at Watkins Glen uh, and Mm. we actually were, I was on the pole there by, you know, a fair margin and and I was left foot braking back then. And to be honest, Mm -hmm. like what it, it was a four speed transmission. So, you know you were barely shifting the lap you know you're maybe shifting down one gear or you know two gears and you know that's a big thing why we write for breakers you know we have a six speed you know sequential gearbox so you know when we're going down into a braking zone we're going down you know five gears you know sometimes from six to first and you know you need all the help you can get getting down to first gear with the clutch you know to not to you know to not rear lock so um you know and i guess when i drove the cup car at indy um yeah, it's a five speed, but, you know, I noticed the, you know, the shifting's a lot slower and, you know, there's, you know, just cause of not having that, you know, that one extra gear, which was, um, you know, that was something that was a lot different for me. Mm-hmm. So I probably wouldn't call it lazy. I'd just, I would call it, um, you know, I guess not really a gain in the past to do it. Um, and you know, the brake mm-hmm. pedal goes very long, uh, in a cup car as well. And it would have gone even longer, um, you know, with the previous cars cause the braking's, you know, the braking system was smaller cause the wheels were smaller. Um, so that, you know, changes, you know, your offset from, you know, from when you get a heel toe. So, you know, there's a lot of those things that factor into being able to do it, you know, can, you know, consistently. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure, uh, how much it, you know, it would be worth like at Sonoma. I don't know if it's actually worth a whole lot because you're, you're not really, you know, in too many heavy braking zones, but, um, you know, Chicago, I can definitely see how it's a, you know, a pretty big game and, um, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, stop and go corners and, you know, going down, you know, f- four gears at a time. I, uh, I hate to
0: dwell on this, but I am fascinated, my man. I've always wanted to have this discussion. So I do appreciate you you indulging us with this talk of breaking uh, because I just have one more thing to what you just talked about. And I never thought about how many gears you had to go through with the sequential box. But the, the thing that really sticks out to me, you mentioned pitch and like what's happening when you're getting on the brake. But, you know, that's something you focus on the supercars. Is that something that just in your limited experience in the next gen car? And we can talk about as we go forward here, you know, what you're looking to do in 2024 in racing supercars and coming over and doing more starts in NASCAR. Are you focused on the pitch in the cup car? And is that something that or is it so stiff? It doesn't matter sort of thing. And that that sort of negates that reasoning for using the right foot braking.
1: Yeah, so it's, you know, driving the cup car is a lot different because, um, the car makes more downforce with speed. I guess, you know, the same with our car as well, but um that car doesn't really pitch uh that much at all when you brake. So you pretty much, you know, uh, for example, going into turn one and in Indy, you know, I don't know how many mile per hour we're doing, but um, I know when I press the brake pedal, I'm gonna have the most amount of grip. Um, because I'm going, you know, at a higher speed, so I have the most amount of downfall. So you literally just smash the pedal um, you know, in a qualifying lap um is the best way to you know extract speed out of the car which is a lot different than you know what we do i guess down here you know uh you want to avoid Hmm. pitch um you know down here um and you know those Hmm. those cars don't really pitch too much so it's just you know the setup characteristics of the cars and i guess that being you know because it's you know makes all of its aero from underneath so you can't you can't have the
2: car rolling around and and soft because you lose lap time so one uh well, last thing before we move on here that so you're saying that in the supercars you don't have that great spike uh, or, or as big of a peak uh, um and sort of the paper in your set as we do in a car is it more yeah i think um
1: you know we you know our cars only make I think 100 kilos of downforce now, which is probably like 180 pounds or something um, at 200 km oh, now, which is you know 130 mile per hour, and uh, you know so our cars don't make too much downforce now, so it's it's literally you know you're just trying to slow down the weight transfer as much as possible, um, you know so you don't lose um, you know rear grip under brakes and you don't like obviously lock the fronts when you first brake because you're shifting so much weight um you know forward and back when you break but you know when i was driving the cup car it's a it's it's obviously a very heavy car but it's very low to the ground um and you know it's 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 quite stiff uh you know in nature trying to you know get the floor to work as best as possible so um yeah that's that's the biggest difference Man, that is fascinating. I love this
0: stuff. Uh, I know it's early in the morning for you, but you've got two very interested listeners right here and, and many thousands more on the podcast <laughs> and such. Um, I, I want to ask, you know, we mentioned it. So you, you're going to race in supercars again. There's been the talk that you're going to come over and do more cup starts in 2024. What do you, what's your future? What's the vision for Brody Kostecki in the years to come? Do we want to go on a tear of supercars championships? Come back, try and come over to NASCAR full-time? What's, uh, what's your vision and dream here in the next couple of years to pull off?
1: To be honest, I'm not really one to look too far ahead. I've, um, I guess, you know, when, when I sort of finished up in um, in, in America and come back home to Australia, I sort of just got used to this living day by day, to be honest, just trying to, trying to make (laughs) a racing career. Um, you know, I guess. And, and, uh, so I've still got a lot of things that I want to achieve down here and, you know, I would like to win more championships down here. um, and you know when you know our our Daytona 500, which is the Bathurst 1000, and you know there's still a lot of boxes for me to tick down here, and you know a lot of goals I want you know that I want to reach down here. But the good thing, I guess, you know, down here is we race 12 rounds a year, so it allows me to go do you know some more cup starts and whatnot next year, which I'm you know pretty excited about, and you know hopefully we can get some of those finalized soon, which would be really cool. But yeah, I think it's just you know I just love racing in general, and you know I want to. You know, I guess race a lot more throughout the year and just sort of fill up my calendar. You know, I race a sprint car as well when I have time. So, you know, I guess just race more in general and, and um, you know, just enjoy it.
0: That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's, that's the dream, man. Bathurst 1000, definitely a bucket list race for me to at least attend one time in my life. It looks absolutely epic. Um, before we let you go, and we really appreciate you coming on the Money Lap Live and, and doing this at the time of the day that it is over there. We've had a question of the day that we ask every guess and i think you might be the most fascinating answer so basically uh if you had a choice and you can only choose one of them driving an f1 car at monaco or an indy car at indianapolis motor
1: speedway oval which would you choose oh the indy car for sure
0: ah wow. <laughs> what's the reason <laughs>
1: Oh, I just, uh, I'm not really a, a massive F1 fan. And uh, I think uh, IndyCar is probably one of the best categories to watch. So um, yeah, definitely would would rather race an IndyCar. I don't think I'm going to fit in one at any time soon, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Thanks for that.
0: That's awesome. I, we thought Monaco would win outright. That's now two to one for uh, for Indianapolis. So um, my man, congratulations. You're a champ. I never take that away from you. That has to be a great feeling. We really, really appreciate you uh, coming on Money Lap Live and look forward to meeting you in person when you're back over here racing. Especially if you find yourself a welcome, I'll probably be there as well, just across the street. So we'll have to meet
1: up sometime. Yeah, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks, Brody.
0: Hey, Parker Kligerman here. I haven't won every race I've competed in. I know it's a shocker, but one thing I'm hoping to do, get you to subscribe, like, and hit the bell icon below because that helps us make this awesome Money Lap content. Also, join us for the live show Wednesdays, 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern time, where we dive into all motorsports live here on the Money Lap YouTube channel. Please join us. We need more than just our moms watching.